it's time to go into auto reverse Tony and Matt where we look at bands that are underappreciated misunderstood forgotten and to some unknown this week we're going auto reverse on Ramsey Lewis Well, Ramsey Lewis, basically, you know, this is, you know, again, the laziness of Tony and Matt comes, <laughs> comes through again, of knowing when to talk about something when after they, we've learned of their death. And uh, Mr. Lewis passed away, I think, in September? Yeah, in yeah. September. Uh, lived a, a nice, long 87 years, but his impact on... Uh, music and specifically jazz is, you know, I, I probably, we probably, you know, we can't even touch like how much of an influence this guy has had on, I mean, not just jazz, but, you know, soul, rock, um, because he just, he, he was, a, he's a guy that we, you know, the type of musician that we love who just didn't really stay in one lane, um, but had an in, kind of an indelible uh, imprint on jazz, but also a style that is, you know, you'll listen to the playlist. There's a Ramsey Lewis style that comes through on, especially in his piano playing, it comes through. Yeah, he wasn't afraid of pop. No, he wasn't afraid. He was not afraid of pop. And uh, I didn't know this. He had a radio show forever. Yeah, Ramsey Lewis, and it was a morning show, no less. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. this guy did everything. So there's this really good uh, article that I think Wax Poetics did two years ago um, and really kind of covered his whole career and really went in depth about who he is and what he, you know, he, the guy is basically the, the he could have, you know, he, he, he's this giant in the jazz world, he, but he never left Chicago and basically became like the dean of Chicago jazz in terms of both you know, the morning show that you talk about, uh, his output, which the guy created, recorded over 80 albums. Um, and, but also, you know, he was a teacher. Yeah. You know, he, I, I forget what the name of the place that he taught at, which, um, but he, you know, he, ta he stayed in Chicago where most people of his level of talent usually live in e either New York or Los Angeles, where the mm -hmm. you know recordings and the conferences, you know, we we you can play where the gigs are. Uh, but he he stayed, he stayed, was born in Chicago, lived in Chicago, and died in Chicago. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and then there's the whole history of him and Chess rec uh, Chess Cadet Records, all the stuff that he did for them, and uh, and and also his work with uh, Charles Stepney, who. Right. Who, who was another Chicagoan who um, who who recorded uh, some of his stuff on Chess Cadet and let's and I want to give a shout out to yeah. this new Charles Stepney um, so solo record good. that was reissued a few of about a I don't know a couple months ago Step by Step or something yeah. I forget the name of it on um, international artists from Chicago um, what I mean just the that album just, is like just a revelation, and yeah. and, and and when you consider that it was, I think you know it's not too bad to do a little detour on this. No, like, no. When you consider that that album was done in the seventies, 
Yeah. What, wasn't yeah. it like they like yes, mid, something like that mid, in the mid, 70s, mid to late seventies? Yeah. And yeah. some of it, like I think you even said it was like there were like there's, there's you could sense some like thundercat. There's some stuff that seems like it was recorded like this year or yeah. last year or yeah. in the last couple of years because it's like there are so many like things that he you know sounds and kind of. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't call it explorations, but just like just general grooves that he's playing with. It just sounds very unseventies. It sounds a lot more um, pushing the envelope of what was done at that time, like going beyond that. So yeah, to where it sounds relevant today. Well, it just continues on the line that we're always kind of moving along of what's timeless. You know, what right. is timeless and how how many things can we cover that fit that timeless um thing you know and and i mean i you know we're talking about ramsey lewis we're detouring on charles on charles stepney but i think it, overall that's what we're looking for you know in this show i mean there's there's a lot of things we're looking for but yeah yeah I was gonna the say time it, yeah. the timelessness aspect is i think what what that charles stepney record reminded us of you know and Looking at the reaction out there and going into record stores, it seems like a lot of people understand that. You know, it's there. It's it, it's. I mean, it's not a fucking Taylor Swift record. You know, it's not appealing to young people or whatever. Uh, yeah, but, it's not, yeah. But it, it. But I bet you there are young people that recognize it. People that are trying to dig a little deeper, search a little further. You know, they know. They know too. So, and you know, that's. That's the name of the game on this show. And shout out to Wax Poetics, dude. Shout out to yeah, Wax, Wax mean, Poetics. Yeah, I mean that that that, I mean, that article, on. that article, like I read, you know, that article is so in depth, and it, it's a yeah. great interview with the man himself. Yeah. Who is, you know, obviously a guy who, uh, you know, they they talked about like how he, you know, he didn't drink, he didn't abstain. It's like he was focused on the music, and mm-hmm. they're like, look, that's why. You know, this album, I mean, this interview was like in 2020 or 2019, but mm-hmm. they were like, look, it's 2019. He's in his, he's in his 80s and he looks like he's in the 60s. The guy it t- was that smile, man. You yeah. see all the, the smiles on his records. You just could tell he's a good guy and he really loves what he's doing. It wasn't, I'm not saying he wasn't brooding and didn't sense problems in the world and stuff, but he just like... He just—I think it was all love for him, you well, know—and and all the people that he surrounded himself with. It was all just love for music. Well, the thing that I really came to admire about him is there was this determination that didn't get in the way of his curiosity. You right. Know? Right. Like, and how he, you know, started with, you know, like this, you know, the, you were talking about chess, like the Ramsey tree, Ramsey Lewis trio started. Um, you know, they well, they ended up on chess. And how he kind of just kind of branched in that band, like the different kinds of music from just straight jazz to swing to, like you were saying, like when they did the in crowd, mm-hmm. which is which became almost like I think that was his most successful album because yeah, I'm yeah, the, at, he, sold like half a, he sold half a million copies on that. It was a gold record, and I think the in crowd, the track itself was his highest charting um song and kind of if you look at that album it's kind of the jump off point for him in terms of his career like where he went after that um kind of that straddling jazz and pop always until in you know all for the next 
20 years after that. So, yeah, I mean, that that was really his thing, you know? It was yeah. like he made jazz accessible and he made pop music that much more interesting. Well, I think like him and like, you know, like we talked about Donald Byrd. Like yeah. they, those guys tried, yeah. tried to try to go outside and, you know, you know, it's funny when you listen to a lot of jazz, you have, you know, uh, you have Roland Kirk, you have a lot of people, Th Thelonious Monk, you have Archie Shep, you have, you know, Arnett Coleman, people who are pushing the bounds of jazz in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and what I found out, like, the interesting, like, you know, it, like Ramsey Lewis, uh, you know, you started with this trio in 56, and then, you know, I think the in crowd thing that didn't hit to the mid, eight, mid 60s or sometime. Um, and I, I just looked out, yeah, it got, the single got to number five on the pop charts and the album got to number two. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that they found something that they could explore this mine of pop music that was, that had a very heavy jazz lean to it. Um, that kind of really brought it more to the forefront, brought jazz to the forefront and made it less, I don't even know if it's scary or, you know, back room, but at least a little bit less mysterious um you know yeah they were trying to share yeah they were trying to share and and let's and let's uh, give a shout out to maurice white who was in his was in an iteration of the of the ramsey yeah, he was a, yeah, he, yeah i think he was there for two or three albums yeah right? yeah and then he collaborated and then he helped him out then he threw him the favor back on solar wind and on sun goddess like he was producing and playing on those records as well maurice white and I, I can't even go off about Earth, Wind, and Fire more. Like I just, that's one of my favorites, and Emery's yeah. too. Uh, just the best. So, not surprised. I, I'm pretty sure Maurice White was another Chicagoan. I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I, I could yeah. be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, just I, yeah. This is this is a perfect auto reverse guy, Ramsey Lewis. It's just perfect. It's just like you seen the records like you go to a record store there's lots of ramsey lewis records out in there and like and it's easy to like it's easy to be like oh there's so many of them who cares you know it, but it, like in reality it's like no 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 check them all out there's yeah. something there for you I, I will have to admit the hardest part about me going through the playlist and listening to all the Ram, like going and listening to some of his albums, is that I had to kind of put up with a lot of covers. Which, oh yeah. 
And, and you know nothing. Not Matt's, Matt, Matt Sloan's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, unless unless you kind of re-envision it, which he doesn't really do. But it's like, and of course he does a couple of ones that the one band that I wish not be covered as much, but is covered the most, which you the know, Beatles. the Beatles. So although that album that he where he does all Beatles covers, come on, man, that album's pretty. Like in terms of. Someone I'm, doing an all Beatles cover record. You're still, you're still. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like, dude, I feel like I'm in like, you know, like my community service is like, no, you need to listen to these Beatles covers <laughs> for the next two days. Um, it's just like I just can't. I just like, you know, I, I just can't. If I hear a, a cover version of Eleanor Rigby again, I I'm know, like, dude, I know it's the worst. Like, I get it. I was yeah. like, okay, come on. Like I wanted to play this the Stanley Jordan because I hadn't listened to Stanley Jordan um, uh-huh. album and I was gonna put it on and this was like not too much longer after listening to like the Ramsey Lewis uh, Beatles cover thing and then like the first song on the Stanley Jordan album, Eleanor Rigby. I'm just like, oh well, sorry, uh-huh. Starly SJ, you're going back into the stack. I'm not gonna. I can't. I can't listen to you today. There must have been like one white A and R guy back in se- 1970 who told. Some black artist, hey, cover, cover a Beatles cover, do, do a Beatles cover, and then it just like, it just like spread like wildfire. It's I don't, like, I, I don't, I think it was like, I always envision it. It's like, we have six songs, we need at least eight to make this <laughs> put this album out. We have a good like eight, six minutes of material that we need to put on the album. What can we do? Well, let's 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 go through the Beatles songbook. Uh, let's do Blackbird. You know, uh, I know. Yeah, you know what? I I get I, it. I, resist, I get it. I resisted you on this for for since I've known you. I've resisted you on this, <laughs> but I think you're correct. I think I'm. I think I'm. I agree with you now. I think I'm done. I think I've spent my enough time listening to different artists cover the Beatles. I think that's it. I think I'm done. You I don't think I need to hear anymore. Covered a lot of lately. Who's I've, that? Fleetwood Mac. Sabbath. They're getting covered a lot. Yeah, like from different, like jazzy and really? other, like a lot of different things. It's like I've, I, on the uh, Spotify discovery thing, I have one of this, and I was just like, is this someone doing like a real, like jazzy version of Children of the Grave? And I'm like, like I, I get, I like I, I get the. I, I get it. I, I really I get the ideas behind why to do this. And mm-hmm. I mean, shit, my band we did a cover, and mm-hmm. it's like I I don't I don't I I don't know why I'm feeling so traumatized by this, but it sh- it shouldn't be, you know. Oh, I, I agree. I don't I don't think Sabbath needs to be covered anymore. I mean, my, or the Beatles or or any big band. I mean, if you're gonna do a cover, do something fucking mad obscure. So at yeah, least you bring somebody, you give yeah. them some life. You know, like do a fucking exactly. Beyond it, cover or something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, a lot of these bands still are ma- hold a lot of magic uh, over artists. Like they just like, like, like mad. They have like magical control over so many. I get it. And it no, yeah, I, I, and I get, I get it. And I get it. And you know, everyone wants to put their touches in, and like and. To you know, Ramsey Lewis just didn't talk, didn't just do di- uh, Beatles covers. He did a lot of other band covers. Too. Yeah, yeah. And what I, you know, he does have a way. Like his piano style is, like his touch 
Um, and I guess that was one of the things, like he started playing piano like at age four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then got started getting private lessons, I believe, at the church, the church he belonged to. And then, you know, he just, he, they started to, he became so, you know, this typical story of like the teacher had nothing left to teach him. And then they got him aligned with a, a local jazz pianist. And that's where he started to really kind of get, you know, pushed. Uh, but his style is like that. You know, the one the guy says, like, I I don't need to see him to know when he's playing. Like, I've gone, I didn't, I thought he was out of town one time and heard someone playing in the other room. I was like, oh, he's got, he's copying Ramsey's style. And it was him because it is so identifiable. And it's this, uh, just a really, he, you know, I, I like to say touch, but it's like, it's just a, there's like it's like he's he is the instrument the way he plays it it just Mm -hmm. becomes this kind of oneness of you know just beautifully lyrical lines and harmonies that kind of sit with the music rather than stand out his i think gift is that his he's not like an oscar peterson where it's like you know, Oscar's playing the piano. It's more Ramsey Lewis is being one with the the, the the composition. It's not. There's no. There's no like a Ramsey Lewis like where he's just going off. Yeah, I I think of him sometimes like McCoy Tyner a yeah. little bit, like yeah, that kind of like immersive individualist. And not individual. When I say individualist, I don't mean like selfish. Just more like it's like a it the piano and the person are the right. same yeah um although oh speaking of covers i just want to leave i want to say one more thing and then oh, leave it go. ramsey lewis's cover of slipping into darkness the war song that's a good one yeah that's you a good one that's, that's a good one that's a really good one and yeah, that, okay and, that's and, it i'll leave that i'll leave it alone after that <laughs> no you won't no. But, but I, I appreciate the one to two minute reprieve from talking about that I'm sure we'll double back here in a minute. No, we won't. We won't. No, but it's like, yeah, he's kind of like, you know, you know, Ramsey Lewis is almost a little bit more, I would call like Dave Brubeck-ish. Not, yeah. not like, because I was listening to Errol Gardner this weekend and I was just like, wow, he, he actually does a nice job of both kind of standing out and blending in a little mm-hmm. bit more. He's mm-hmm. not as, you know, out in front as like, you know, Oscar Peterson or Art Tatum and, you know, mm-hmm. those guys. Yeah, it's, I mean, and then he had Charles Eaton. Um, well, he had, he, he had a uh, young Holt first playing with him. Right. Um, uh, as a, I guess, bass and bass and drum. And then they left and they went on to make their own great records, yeah. young Holt unlimited, unlimited which right. I, I think I have a couple, I think I have their first two. And then he got Charles Eaton to play bass who fuck that dude rules yeah. and his cup uh, the couple solo records i have his are unbelievable yeah. and so i mean just everything that surrounded ramsey lewis all the people that played with him all the people that you know that produced him uh, you know he's it's just ma- it's just magical it's just like such a great it's such a great world that he built that he built for himself and for us you know and um yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think the last I was, I'm like looking at his things like he you know he he didn't do a lot of side work I see the side work he did with you know with Max, Max Roach and Jimmy Wood but mm-hmm. uh, he, he you know he didn't really do a lot of 
uh, what you might call it, um, session, session work, se- session work. Yeah. It sounds like he was, you know, um, I, I'm looking through his discography really quickly and like, yeah, I mean, he st- put out albums almost every year and like even put an album out, uh, last year, um, uh, yeah. De Carnival. Um, yeah. so it's like the guys, you know, yeah, basically I'm, I'm like scrolling through this. It's like the guy basically averaged an al- album a, a year from like, you know, 61 or something no, like that. No, no, like 50 from 59, from 50, maybe? 50. No, I'm looking 56 to, oh, damn. to like, to like 89. He had an album out basically every year. Then the next Crazy. album was 92. 93, 95, 96 to 90 to, to 2009, an album every year, then 11, 19, and 21, and 2021. So, like, in his late 70s and early 80s and mid 80s, putting out albums. And, like, look, man, that's that's a guy who's, like, I was saying, like, the dedication aspect to it and the, the, the idea of exploring. You know, he's just not putting up perfunctory stuff. Like there's a, you know, there's, you know, there's a wide range of uh, things that he's putting out. Um, you know, like, you know, obviously some live albums that, you know, which is, you know, yeah, whatever. That's sort of like for the usual for, for every, the usual for any artist. You know, I mean, you know, and they're both of us don't love live albums, but you know, every once in a while you get one that's just out of control, like like Donny Hathaway. Yeah, I think, you know, like yeah. his live album, it rules, or the Curtis Mayfield live album. There's like there are live albums that are worth getting, you know, and listening to. Yeah, and I don't fault like it. There's like, you know, having an experience of hearing a band live is really and jazz. I think it's a lot easier to capture that kind of mm-hmm, feeling mm-hmm. because it's like they the they're more into like in. Let me yeah, tell me what you think about it. like jazz. Yeah. They're more into performance as uh-huh. just generally like that's how we play. Yeah, the rehearsals are more like rock bands and country and pop. Like they do more rehearsing. Yeah, and, and then record and or then to go play. Like I don't think jazz are they're more in tuned of like you know that's why they so prolific during the the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, go Rudy Gelder's place and just cutting an album and then going back the next day cutting another album. It's not like, you know, it's, they just basically sketch out like, here's the basics of this song mm-hmm. and then you do your thing, I'll do my thing and, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, so what I think like, in terms of like jazz live albums, you get a good sense of what the band is like. Of course there's some stinkers, but you know, there's the uh, Bill Evans trio, like that album is phenomenal like too. oh god please yeah yeah i just it just feels like jazz is just i i mean i might be oversimplifying it here they're just playing <laughs> and, well, they, and they happen to be recorded during certain you know stages so they're but they're just the whole time they're playing right so if you look at it as a line they're playing the whole time and occasionally someone records them you know boom boom like yeah. in that time while rock and other forms of music it seems a little bit more pre-planned right but well yeah and yeah and then a lot of the rock you know are some of our favorite live rock albums like they they do they record over it they go in the studio and yeah. put a new guitar track on there and they do you know new vocals or fake, yeah. or fake crowd noise like kiss uh yeah <laughs> yeah 
I mean, one of my favorite, I, 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 one of the things still stings me is like the, the air, Steve Tyler, even though I shouldn't, I don't know why this bothers me, but he still says Live Bootleg is a horrible live album because they were all, all hopped up on dope. And I'm just like, that's what makes so, that album awesome. Exactly. Like you guys are going like, a, you're pushing the, 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 the speeds of the songs and it's fucking phenomenal. Your sobriety is getting in the way of my enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> is that from a movie? Hey, Steve, your sobriety is getting in the way of my enjoyment. <laughs> I just made that up, I swear to God. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I think when they when they sobered up, that's when they start. That's when they like, hey, this Love in the Elevator song sounds really great. Oh, God. I know. Desmond Child type shit. That's when they had other people writing for them. I don't know. Really? Let's not get in. I don't want to even get into Aerosmith. I give it two shit. I mean, I like Aerosmith. I just don't like. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're getting sidetracked here. We are getting sidetracked. But you know, <laughs> I think the good thing about you know we we kind of talked about Donald Byrd as well, and this is yeah. I think it's a, this is someone who gave a lot back to to music and jazz, and yeah, you know, he was. I read also he was you know an artistic director at a, a school and uh, you know he did ment he was big into jazz mentoring programs and such and you that 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 has such a a profound influence on you know keeping what you love doing alive just by passing it down and you know uh, you you talked about how the the players that he had going through his band who went on to bigger things who went on to things that were in their own right kind of remarkable um you know that i remember you know the maurice white has always spoke you know it was almost like you know like almost like a father you know ramsey lewis almost like a musical father for to him um and helped you know and like you said oh yeah but like that kind of person, you know, is, you know, is it, it, it's needed in every field. I think it's harder in music because it's like everyone's trying to get there. So having the someone who put as much time in his own career and, but also at the same time trying to develop other people's careers was like, you know, to me just speaks to what another another reason why he's such a phenomenal person and. You know, worthy of our our invest. You know, our discussion. So I guess you know, you know, and the playlist, you know, covers the side. And actually, the covers are worth. They're they're really good too. The playlist is a good way to kind of see the side of them. Like I'm talking, you know, talking about what he did in his community and stay in Chicago, and really kind of dedicated himself to developing jazz people from a place where he wanted to stay rather than where he felt everyone thought he should be and live and reside. But the music, we're here for the music and the music is something to behold and uh, you put a really great playlist together uh, that kind of honors the, the man. Look, a couple things. I forgot to put the in crowd in there. I don't know why I put it in this morning. How that got past me, I'm not sure. I think because the, al the album itself, the in crowd wasn't on, isn't on Spotify. So that's number, I think, or it wasn't on Spotify in Canada, yeah, but it's I was on, say, on here. I was, so yeah, I, listened I to missed it. it. I missed it. And then also another artist I want to compare to him that we've already covered on Auto Reverse, Patrice Russian. Oh, yeah. That's another good another, one. Another person who, who straddled pop, gave a lot, had her, you know, was a musical director, 
did a had a similar um, career trajectory to him. I want to give and I want to give her a big that's shout out. A, that's a great cut. Yeah, that's yeah. a great that's a great last minute thing because I yeah I just wanted to too. throw that in there. Yeah, because she was like you're right. She was a prodigy jazz pianist and mm-hmm. started out doing just pure jazz. So yeah, so I just want to I want to give a I want to just throw that in there just because while I was reading up on him and doing the playlist and stuff, I couldn't stop thinking about about her. Not to mention you gave me that. Um, copy of Wax Poetics that was uh, that centered on her, the the one with yeah. her on the cover. Yeah, that's great. And I've recently read it, like after ha- you given it to me like, three months ago, I recently read it and um, and I just was like super like just thinking of both of them at the same time and of Donald Bird as well. So um, yeah, yeah, so, and you're right, and she's a, she still teaches at University of Southern California. I think she's on the the board of music. Like, I, like she's the chairman of. The, but yeah, she's still active in that area as well. And her, her her uh, social media, I think Instagram is pretty active still. I don't think she performs that much anymore. Or that's not true. I think she may have performed in England a few months back, uh, but in some like a small club things environment. But. Um, She's still sort of active posting on social media, which um, I'm always happy for because some of these guys are either not around or just right. slowing down. And um, yeah, yeah, I always like that. Just keep it alive a little bit for the old timers like us. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, so yeah, let us know. Um, yeah, take out check out the playlist, the Ramsey Lewis playlist. It's like again, worth worth two or three listens that I've listened to at least. God three or four times at least. Um, and let us know what you think about uh, Mr. Lewis or if you want someone else for us to cover. Uh, AutoReversePOD at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram accounts where that we're live there as we usually do our posting. And Yeah, let us know and uh, love to hear from you. But, uh, yeah. Until next time, my friend. All right, peace. <laughs>